everyone, and welcome to the podcast of Nonsensical Gamers, your place for inept, soulless, and sugary sweet views on all things board games. This is episode 68, and I am your host, Matt. Joining me on the cast today are my two stupendous co-hosts. First up, Miss Tiffany B. Hello. And her audio problems. Yeah, I'm working on it. And Dan. I'd just like to state for the record that in honor of the great, late Chris Cornell, for this episode, I'd like to be called Spoon Man. Wow. Ladies. <laughs> Chris Cornell was one of my favorites. I was deeply moved when he passed this week. Sad. Like, this is bigger than David Bowie kind of thing for me. I was I sad. I agree with that. I was sad. Audio Slave is, like, my favorite. Audio Slave is really good. Temple of the Dog. I mean, yeah. If, if Eddie Vedder's listening, because I know he is, um, get yourself to a bunker in an undisclosed location, because you are the last, my friend. You are the last of those sweet grunge Mohicans. Eddie Vedder is going to live forever. He will. Believe it. For sure. He's got that folksiness that the other ah. dudes didn't have. Ah, Chris Cornell, so good. That voice. Ah, Soundgarden, Temple of the Dog, Audio Slave. So good, so good, so good. R.I.P. You're depressing everybody. No, I just want to be called Spoon Man. We're paying homage. Yes, mm. I'm paying homage. I'm not calling you Spoon Man. Well, then I won't respond. <laughs> I guess we're not talking this episode. Good. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Great. This is going well. If you want to reach out to us and talk about this nonsense, you can do so on Facebook.com slash League of Nonsensical Gamers. Shoot us an email at podcast at nonsensicalgamers.com. Head on over to BGG Guild number 2077. Find us on places like Instagram and Twitter where I can only assume Dan has changed his tag name to Spoonman. That's a good idea, actually. I should do that. Spoonman Ned. Scandalous Spoonman. <gasps> That's too many letters, I think. You take up a lot of their 140, right? We also want to give a big shout out to our sponsor, Tasty Minstrel Games. Thank you for your support. You can check them out on playtmg.com, and we will chat a little bit about what they have coming to Origins 2017 this year in a little bit, because... This episode number 68 is our Origins 2017 preview. So we will be chatting about things that we're interested in trying and buying and seeing and doing, as well as our plans, where you can find us, hang out, play some games, things like that. But before we get into all of that, let's chat a little bit about what we've been playing. And according to our show notes, you guys have not played anything. That's pretty accurate. Mm, no it's bordering on accurate. It's concert season, so... I mean, now my concerts are over, but... It's hard to fit in things this time of year. What happens to Board Game Club at concert season? We still have Board Game Club, but we're still playing Alien Frontiers. <laughs> For the third episode so, in a row. Yeah. It's taking them a really long time because they never stop talking. Uh, like socializing? Yeah. Just having well, fun? Yeah. Mostly, except for the one kid who wants everybody to take their turns. He's kind mm. of frustrated. But we're working on it. People aren't distracted playing with their fidget spinners? Um, we have one of those. Oh, ah, okay. I'm really, 
I have mixed feelings about the fidget devices. They are all the way down to the kindergarten level, man. I'll tell you that from experience. They are everywhere. They're everywhere. I One of my kids had one of the little clicker ones, you know, the cubes. Mm-hmm. Have you seen those? Yeah, I have them. And I confiscated it from him, and I put it in my pocket, and I played with it all day long, and then I bought one for myself. Nice. Because apparently I... <laughs> Apparently, I need to fidget a little bit. They're great. Yeah, like I, I kickstarted yeah, them for Ancy Labs. They're pretty cool. Nice. I have a fidget spinner too, but I don't walk around school like spinning it in people's face and things like that. Like I, I play with it so I don't tap pens and things like that in meetings. Yeah, most of the kids aren't using that, and I think the spinner is a little bit more distracting. Definitely. But anywho, so not a whole lot of games going on. Still watching people play Alien Frontiers. Has anybody yep. played uh, your Race for the Galaxy with you online? Nope. I like. I haven't. I played it a little bit on my own on Mother's Day. Okay. And that's that was the last of it. Mm. I thought about I'm downloading it, and I didn't. Oh, you should, and then I could have a friend to play it with. I've been playing a lot of Onirum on the app. Oh yeah, that's Is so that any great. Good? Yeah, it's perfect. I feel like we've talked about that a little bit before. That's fine. Everybody should go out. If you like Onirum, obviously the app is perfect. I almost broke the physical version out yesterday because I was doing a little bit of solo gaming. But I feel bad for my physical version. Yeah. I may never crack it open Neglected. Again. But the box is yeah. so nice. It's got that cool insert. It's got a lot of cool things. Yeah. I want to complete my collection of those games. Yeah, I think I have the four of them. Up through Nautilion. They keep coming, though. Anywho. All right. So not a lot on the TIFF front. Dan, you said Sorry. that is close to being accurate. Have you gotten... So, yeah, I saw a tweet. You've played something. Um, I don't know. I'll have to go back and look at my tweets. Oh, that's just sad. You know you're getting old when, like, you can't remember what you You played two games yesterday, ago. didn't you? Two days ago? Two. I played... Oh, yeah. I played, Freedom. I played Freedom, the Underground Railroad, the world's most depressing co-op game. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's, it's good. Um, I've been in a co-op-y mood just because I'm trying to understand them, uh, because I'm, I'm working on a, a design of a co-op game. And so I've been like in research mode, uh, trying to find all these different co-ops that are out there that people really enjoy and freedom being one of them. I said I would play it. Um, it's, it's very tense. Um, I mean, theme aside, cause I, I can kind of separate myself from the theme to a certain degree um mechanically it was it was very tense um i mean you're you're taking the the cubes and you're moving them along the tracks trying to get them uh to safety and then you know you've got the the slave catchers like that move every round and every time you move on to their path they kind of come to and from so it's a it's a it's neat little balance trying to um uh, sadly like i mean to be i guess historically accurate like you have to like you start the game out going no man left behind we're not we're not losing anyone and then by the end of it you're like the skin of your teeth you're like yeah we got to get rid of this cube like to get this and then you got to free this so it's like if you do take a step back and get into the theme it's um yeah it's really depressing <laughs> um so I, I i tried very hard to kind of separate the theme with just moving a cube and then losing a cube kind of thing. I didn't put any kind of real stock in what said cube was just, and that was intentional. Um, but, uh, that, you know, if you do after the game, like take a step back, it's like, wow, that is, that is pretty, 
pretty damn accurate. Um, and yeah, it had some, I mean, it had some really nice mechanics in it. It's what do you play eight rounds and you have to try and free depending on, um, if you're playing easy or hard, I think we played on normal or something, which is free 10 slaves, uh, into Canada and every round these like, uh, the slave cubes come off of the ship and onto the plantations. And if you can't put them in the plantations, then you lose them. And you can only lose, I think in the, the normal game, like 16 of those cubes, um, because when you have to place the 17th and there's no space for it, then you lose. Um, so our game was really kind of um, close. We got down to literally the the last refill of the cards. In the last round, we had to have a card come out that let us buy the last token. So the object of the game is to buy the support tokens uh, in addition to freeing the 10 uh, slave cubes. So um, we had all the slave cubes freed in like round five. And then it was just a matter of getting all of the support, which you have to raise enough money to get the support tokens. And they're like $10 a piece. Um, and we needed, we had one left <laughs> and we needed a, a token card to come out. Cause there's these cards in the abolitionist queue that lets you like, you can buy these, these cards and they give you like a one-time ability. Um, so, and it was, it was kind of, it was kind of funny that the card that flipped out was Abraham Lincoln um, on the last thing. And it, good old honest Abe let us buy a token for three less coins and I had exactly seven coins left in the game and so we won so it was pretty cool the clouds parted they did great yeah Yeah. so I just I just laughed when Abraham Lincoln came out I was like you crafty SOB you (laughs) that's a funny moment that's cool um so yeah no I, I I recommend it for people who like co-ops um again the the theme is a bit heavy so I yeah, it's that's uh, what I was going to ask in terms of ownership of this game. One is a little bit expensive, but putting that aside, replayability and then theme is the theme too heavy to really dive into too much? And is there enough replayability that it'd be interesting across time? Yes, I think because those I mean, the cards come out differently, you can scale the difficulty levels um, based on, you know, how hard you want it to be, obviously. Um, So I mean, you've got that going for you. But I don't know. I, I think if you really started to like dig into it, like the just the what's the word I'm looking for? I am lost this morning. Um, just the yeah, the the theme just weighs on you. It's one of those yeah. things. It's just the it, gravity it, of it. Yeah, you can't really like. I mean, like even a high five moment in the game, like when Abe Lincoln comes out, it's like yeah, we freed the sl-. like that doesn't sound right. Like you can't like get excited about it because i don't know it's just weird weird to celebrate undoing wrongs like that (laughs) yeah yeah it feels wrong to celebrate like this this sad atrocity in in our history as a country yeah um so yeah it was it was a weird feeling that's all i can say i i'm I'm losing i'm at loss for words with you know bigger syllables um then it was a weird feeling um but you know kudos to academy games because they have like with most of their games they work out like lesson plans that you can actually like use the game to drive a lesson plan and kind of things like that so for those purposes i think it's excellent but recreationally speaking i I don't know like i i don't know that i want to to dig into it much more like i am glad i had the experience with it and i enjoyed it but i don't know it took a toll on me a little bit i'm not gonna lie oh Most. It has a heart, guys. I do. It grew three there. sizes that day. I do. 
It's a good game, though. It's a very good game. I had game. my buddy Justin buy this for that reason. I talked him into it because I wanted to try it, but I didn't think I could stick with that theme for very long. It's a good game. It is a good game, and it's just yeah, like I said, it's um, you know, kudos to them for kind kind of having the the cojones to kind of get out there and put that subject in the forefront of people's minds, especially um, in the way they did. But yeah, it's 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 deep. It's too deep for me. What have you taken away from your explorations in co-op games so far? Have you gotten anything good out of it? Um, I yeah, I think I'm I'm getting a little more enjoyment out of them because I'm specifically kind of focused on the mechanics of them. I'm kind of just under, trying to understand. And that's what I've been doing with a lot of games lately. I'm just like, I'm kind of taking the enjoyment, like taking a step back on whether or not I enjoy it and kind of just trying to like dissect what the designers are doing and what they had in mind and the the feelings they were trying to elicit from certain mechanics and the integration and the immersion and that kind of thing. Um, Cause for me, co-ops have always been that kind of, I just, they're fun, but I, I don't know. I almost prefer to play them with like two players maybe, or three players most. Like I find that I find when you get more than that, it just becomes a bit too hectic and a bit too chaotic. And I don't really, I don't really care for that. Um, but yeah, overall it's interesting. I don't know. It's not, I, I mean, it's not really my my cup of tea i don't think from a that's why i'm like i'm excited to kind of play these games and you know a lot of people own them because i don't own many i think the only co-op i own i own ghost stories which i really enjoy and i have robinson caruso i think those are the only two co-ops i own oh and the grizzled um which is phenomenal uh that's another one of those deep games which you come out of and you're like Ugh. exhausted I'm a, I'm a mute soldier oh gosh um anyways so um yeah i don't know kind of just scratching the surface now I'm tr- I've, I've put together like a list of ones i want to kind of search out and try um so we'll see it's just kind of from like a design standpoint it's kind of how do you keep everyone engaged how do you keep that feeling of teamwork but still not i mean i'm not I'm not one of those guys. I don't think that I would focus necessarily on an alpha problem. For me, like my philosophy is you, if you have an alpha player problem, you have a group problem. Get rid of that person or don't play that game with that person around kind of thing. I, I don't think that – I don't necessarily think you should be designing to solve that. If it comes out organically, fine. But I don't I, – like keeping that at the forefront of your mind I think is kind of silly in my opinion um, because at the end of the day, like, it's a, it's a personality thing. I don't think it's necessarily the game's fault in all cases. Um, so, yeah, that's that's well, my. Spiel. And a lot of co-op games that all double as solo games, which many do. Ha- you know, if you've got one player on the box, your design needs to work with one player, which leads to a potential. No, I I think I agree to you to some extent that alpha problem is probably a group problem, but the game facilitates the emergence of an alpha if it's designed to work with one player. Like, if one player can run an entire game of Pandemic, then one player might decide to step up and push people around kind of thing. So that's an interesting thing. If you divert from that and try to create individual roles for everyone, then you lose the one- or two-player element in that. So if you try to give everyone their own thing. Yeah, and I I don't know. Solo is not something I'll probably ever explore because I just... We've talked about this before. I don't find it interesting. Um, But... Yeah, so, yeah, that's my digression into design talk. 
Okay. Well, I managed to get Yokohama to the table finally. To speak to my top of the stack and to our sponsor, Tasty Metro Games, I finally got to play in this. I played a two-player, and I thought it was pretty good. You guys have both played the the demo at Origins last year, right? Yeah. Yep. I, I'm surprised that this game is not being talked about more, and I know that it only just hit distribution, I think, on the 15th, but uh, this is a pretty good Euro offering. I think it's cool. It's not that hard to get into. It's... It's super intimidating to look at, though. Like, it has one of the worst table presences I've seen in a long time. And if I'm if I'm a person, if I'm someone and I'm walking by that game, I'm probably going to keep walking. Because that, that, I don't know, it's just on the table. And I haven't seen the new Tasty Minstrel game in all its glory. Um, as I understand, they made it graphically a little bit more appealing than the, the, um, the Asian version. But I don't know. Like, I, yeah. It just looks intimidating, and having played it, it's not that hard. Like I've always said, it's like Istanbul on crack. Um, like it's not that hard mechanically speaking, but you've got like you can't you can't even see the other side of the table where from where you're sitting. Like it's just one of those things. It's just super intimidating to look at. Yeah, and we did technically play the two player version, with, which scales it down. You don't use as many tiles, so I haven't seen the full four player setup on the board. Well, Which, Tiff, I mean, when we played at Origins, I mean, I don't think any of us sat down. And that wasn't because we were super excited. It was because we couldn't see the board. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you definitely have to get up and look around. And it's a big board. The thing that I, I found cool about it was I was worried about teaching Kel because Kel was intimidating just as you guys are describing. Like, she saw the box. She saw everything inside of it. Saw the back of the box because I was like, look at this crazy game and how it sets up. And she was like, okay, I don't want to play that. But I kind of like got her to sit down with me and at least in the two player game, and I know that the three and four player game just adds doubles of certain tiles. There's I think there's one or two tiles that do change. But in general, it's just having two options that do the same thing so that the board can accommodate more people running around on it because you can never double up and be in the same area as someone. So in general, though, there's like five resource gathering spaces and there's a couple special ones that let you get the contracts and the different technology cards. So they weren't that hard to explain. I think the the basic system of, okay, you're going to put down a couple of workers, two in one spot or three in three different areas. And then this power thing, count everything that you have in a space when you land there. And that corresponds to the power of the action you get to take. I think that that fundamental piece just makes a lot of sense. And then it is just navigating your pathway and trying to find your way through the board. But um, as it's been mentioned, I, I, it was just so easy to teach that we kind of fell into it and then the game played really quickly because we could just kind of go back and forth, back and forth, gather our resources, place our guys, go really quick. Uh, I, I thought it was fun, though. I'm excited to dig into it a little bit more, explore it some more. Uh, I think that the, the TMG production is really nice, so that's nice to have on my shelf, even though the box is kind of a weird size. But yeah, no, so I was I was pretty happy with it. I thought that it was a pretty cool offering and the non-deluxified version is pretty affordable. I thought that the price was fairly reasonable, which was cool. What was the price for the non-deluxe version? So the non-deluxified version retails for 60 bucks, which is about what you would expect, but on cool stuff and such you can get it for 40 bucks, which I think is totally reasonable. Oh yeah, that's not bad at all. So yeah, I was again Cool that I got to play it. Looking forward to jumping in more. I've at least got one game crossed off the top of my stack, so I've beaten myself from last year. or <laughs> I beat myself from last month. But, yeah, so we'll see how it goes with some more players. Uh, so, Tiff, you have really nothing to, to dive in on, right? 
No, I don't have anything. Sorry. Just make so, something up. <laughs> yeah, just tell us about a game. Here you go, really Tiff. Don't. Here's a game. It's called Frog Riders. What do you think it's about? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a medieval game. Salamanders. And Good uh, try, Dan. it's like it's in like an elite class of warrior Who's who, Dan? who ride frogs and battle uh, a wizard. Hmm. That's pretty good. What do you think the primary mechanisms are? Uh, point-to-point movement. Yeah. Tableau building. Okay. Where are we going with this? I don't know. And... I'm just letting Tiff riff. <laughs> uh, it's our new segment called Let's Riff with Tiff. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'll stop now. So what Dan. is it? Was I close? <laughs> uh, you, were, you weren't far off. Oh. It is a family game where squads of... Elves riding frogs participate in a mock battle. And there is grid movement. It's not point to point, but it's close. Set collection, not tableau building. I almost said set collection. (laughs) And then I was like, no, that's too easy. But anyway, so thank you for that moment of uh, Let's Riff with Tiff. Dan, I was wondering how you felt about In the Name of Odin, which we got to play with Smee on Thor's Night, Thor's Day the other day. Who's Dan? Oh, sorry. Spoonman. I was hey, wondering guys. how In the Thank Name you. of Odin went for you. Thank you. I like how Dan's got this repertoire of characters now. I appreciate you. I appreciate you <laughs> referring to me by my pseudonym today. Thank yeah. you. Um, Dan will be back next week. Uh, what did we play? In the Name... Was that the NSKN one we played? Yeah, so this is NSKN. It is Viking themed, as everything is these days, and it's primarily like a card, uh, card hand management kind of thing. You use cards as uh, action points to do different things. You can build ships, you can recruit people, yeah. and then you're trying to do all of that to go on raids where you have to spend your dudes uh, to get victory points. Basically, like it's almost like a set collection kind of thingy. It was forgettable. Hence why I forgot that we played it. Um, it was okay. I, I've said this before. Like, NSKN games, like, they make good games, but I don't think any of them have ever been great, um, in my opinion. I wasn't a big fan of this one. I wasn't a huge fan of that Tech Tree one that ran for, like, Progress. three and a half hours. Progress. Um, I think Prater is probably the one that I liked the most, maybe? Uh, that dice placement retirement system thing that was going on in that game. Yep. Mistfall um, was too convoluted for me to read. I gave it away. Yeah, I've never never tried that. Exodus um, Proxima Centauri is okay. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, they make fine games. Just no, the dragon them. game that you didn't like. Oh, God. That game was... Mm-hmm. Yeah. That game wasn't bad. Simmer. It had some... Like I said, all these games are good. They, they, just, they, they just miss out on, like... A couple of things, and it's just like me, like that dragon game, like that dragon game, like resources in that game were ridiculous. Like there should have been a space to have generic resources at some point. Otherwise, you just get frozen out and you can't do anything, and it's miserable. Um, so this one, in the name of Odin, was yeah, it was okay. Like, I mean, you pull these cards, and these cards have two symbols on them, and then you're trying to aggregate these symbols to, like Matt said, buy buy ships, purchase little uh buildings for your clan board um go on expeditions it's just yeah yeah, i don't know it was okay and it's all i can say about it 
Yeah, I hate playing games at five too. Way um, too long. It was. It was super long. And there's that mechanic like when somebody tried to do a raid that other people could contribute to it. And I mean, I've said this before. I hate tacked on player interaction just for the sake of saying that there's interaction like it made absolutely no sense it's like everyone goes around the table and they can add a card which is basically another symbol that you must fulfill in your raid or you lose points but if nobody adds a card you just draw three random from the deck and that's what happens so i mean if you're going to make i didn't like that mechanic altogether but if you're going to do it just just do the draw from the deck thing like i just it's so much so quicker and the yeah. only reason why i think it might have been okay is that you could kind of for the card pull your card you could yeah. you could get a more preferred card potentially which getting the cards that you needed was hard in that game uh i felt it, it was, was harder random. earlier i thought it was harder earlier in the later stages once you've got the buildings that give you symbols and you've got the boats that give you symbols it was it was a little but bit you couldn't easier. get them in the beginning you didn't get them in the end like i experienced <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I just it was okay. It was okay. No, I don't I mean, think it had nice. Good. It had nice art. Um, the board was just they. Uh, again, my biggest pet peeve is like player aids or things that can assist you. Like in this game, this game board had like probably fifty percent wasted space, which annoys me. They could have put, you know, some of the costs to buy the cards on there. Like they, you know, things like that. And uh, yeah, we had spaces for certain like components. Like these tiles go here, but it didn't have spaces for other components that there was space to put. Like you could have easily just put yeah. a circle for this token kind of thing, but they just put these over here on the side of the board. Well, why not just put them on this giant board you made? Yeah. So yeah, altogether pretty forgettable. I yeah, I have no desire to play it again. But it yeah, was I don't fi- see I mean, it was fine. It. it was like, yeah. It I, worked. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't exciting, though. Maybe at three, I'd do it. Maybe. Never again at five. I don't, yeah. You know my too much downtime in between turns. There's, because you get to take as many actions as you possibly can every turn. So you get to watch people just like do things, do things, do things. Four other people do that before you get your turn. That also means that the board shifts four times before your turn yeah I, I felt there was some of the like the hero cards i thought some of them were much better than others and things like that it was yeah no thanks that's in the name of odin don't yeah. play it <laughs> ouch no i mean Spoon you can Man play tells it. it like it is try it. yeah Spoon Man doesn't uh, Spoon Man don't take no shit from he's a straight shooter. games yeah <laughs> uh, one game Spoon ain't got no time that we got to play together as like a four or five group uh during international tabletop day we played one of the exit games from cosmos and i don't think we've talked about these yet this is i don't remember. an escape room in a box essentially yes where you trying to say something Spoonman? no no carry on matt <laughs> okay carry on <laughs> come together with your plans okay uh so yeah i can't i can't it's an escape room in a box essentially it says like it'll take about an hour to play you can play up to six people and you basically open the box and read this little story we played the cabin abandoned cabin or something like that where you've traveled to this cabin oh no you haven't been traveled you've been kidnapped i think or tricked into going to this cabin it was dastardly and you have to escape you get like a little map and you get some clues and then you just start opening stuff 
and trying to piece things together. And you've got this little booklet that you can fold and cut and manipulate. This is a totally consumable game, one-time use. I don't think that you could... I don't even think you could get away with like trying to preserve this game. I'm pretty sure at times you have to fold and bend and uh, kind of ruin the game components. But for $15... I don't want to go too far into the, the mechanisms necessarily because I don't want to give anything away, but for 15 bucks, it gave five people, maybe six people, an escape room experience in an hour, and it was totally legit. It, it had puzzles that were interesting, that were tough, that were exciting to solve. Uh, it had a nice little resolution. It gives you a score at the end to see how you did. And for the price of entry, I mean, it's not the most extrava extravagant thing. You know, it's not like that first time stories story but you know an escape room might run you 15 bucks a person so you're getting a lot of value out of that game even though you're only using it one time and I, th I thought the puzzles were good I thought it was fun it's got some interesting things where you if you think you've solved something you kind of draw out of this deck and it'll tell you whether or not you've succeeded or maybe succeeded and then you get to it it just cascaded very well I thought it was cool so yep it's good play it it's Marco Inc's brand Yay, village. Awesome. Okay. I, I mean, I can't I can't talk about it because yeah. we're going to spoil yeah. it. It's an yeah. escape room in a box. It's good. I enjoy it. I, I, I enjoy those games thoroughly because I like puzzles. It's another to add to your collection of time stories and the like. So, it's cool. Tiff, that might be your, your intro way to doing an escape room without actually doing an escape room. Yeah, maybe. I've I got two more. We'll I can bring one to Origins 2017. <laughs> Okay. okay, we can yeah, try we'll for see. that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say no. As long as I wasn't playing. You guys anything. realize Origins is only four days. I think you've said that you're going to play like 85 games together. Which Isn't that the in point? reality, I know you guys are going to play two. So <laughs> Tiff and I probably won't play any games together. We never do. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I'll say hi, Tiff, and she'll say hi, and then we'll go our separate ways. We'll run away. No, we shopped together Did last we? year. I don't remember yeah. that. Remember, we bought that Sherlock and Holmes oh, yeah. two-player, or That's I did. Right. Yeah, like four of us did. Yeah. Yeah, and then I yelled at, I think I yelled at you for trying to take my turn for me, and it, we made the guy at the booth really uncomfortable. You said something like that. Yeah, one of us said something, and you replied, and then we all started cracking up about it, and the guy was like, uh, <laughs> feminism. Good, yeah. Yeah, it's great. I like yelled at you for mansplaining yeah. or something, and he didn't realize it. And was in true man fashion, I laughed back at you. <laughs> I said, "How dare you talk to me, Tiff?" Anyway, <laughs> good times. No, that was fun. So I think that's all I have in terms of what we've been playing. I played a bunch of stuff, but you know, those are some of the games we played. Anything else stand out on your end, Dan? Um, no, I'll say. Who's Dan? Oh, jeez. Mm. Oh, Spoon Dan. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. No, I'm not. Yeah, let's let's jump into the next stuff. I'll save stuff. All right, we'll move forward. So, it's time to talk about Origins 2017. It is right around the corner. We're doing this technically like a week or an episode recording earlier than we could. So instead of giving you something nice to listen to in the car, you can listen to this ahead of time and get hyped for Origins because I'm all about it. I'm really excited to go play some games. I'm so done with the school year and work. I just want to go play some games. I don't have to take off work for it, which is great. The year will be done. 
So I'm really trying to like hurry Origins along because that means that my work is also done for a little bit. It's very How nice. much more time do you have at work? We go until the 9th. Oh, I have four more days. Go away, Tiff. <laughs> Tiff, you'll be off school by the time this thing drops. Yeah. I'm so sad. That'll be exciting. I need it. But I don't know how people work year-round. <laughs> I don't know how teachers don't they not get, complain about their jobs. <laughs> they get a lot of time off is what they do. <laughs> oh. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying. It's time for the school year to be Dan, over. I thought you learned you know better than to discount teachers for what they do. I'm not discounting them. I'm just, it's a very noble profession, Dan, and you're out I don't out think no- you understand the amount of work versus the amount of money. <laughs> I get it. I'm just saying. You guys get three months off every summer. and It's not three months. And you also work like months. 60 to 70 hour weeks. <laughs> mm. Mm. I'm just going to stay there. It also costs the average teacher about two grand per year out of their pocket to support their own students. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna get into it. I love teachers. I respect what they do. I'm just saying every time I get together with teachers, all I do is they complain about their jobs. Have you ever hung around 22 kids at the same time? No, and that's by choice. Just saying. Okay. There's going to be some teacher dealing with your little regret at some point in life. I, I just said, I respect teachers and what they do. I could never do it. That's all I'm saying. But he also says, stop complaining about it. I didn't say, uh, all right. Are we doing Origins? What's going on? We are doing Origins. So Origins is the 15th of June this year. Unless some people, people are going to start showing up on Monday, apparently, because that's what these conventions get earlier and earlier for some reason. But the doors open on the 15th, I believe. And uh, yeah, so you guys will be there the whole time. Is that? Don't know. Plan on it, but we'll see. The plan is to be there the whole time. Dan, how about you? Yep. I'll get there Wednesday. Cool. I guess moving on from there, so we're all three of us. The plan is to be there the entire time from Wednesday or Thursday through Sunday. There are games to try and there are games to buy. So let's chat a little bit about what is kind of a highlight. What are you looking forward to in terms of new stuff? And we'll chat about some of the other experiences a little bit later. But what stands out to you, Tiff, in terms of trying to experience? Game-wise, um... I'm really excited about the Attack on Titan, The Last Stand. Yeah, yeah. It's Antoine Bauza and Ludovic Montblanc. And, uh, yeah, it's got a vertical board and all that good stuff. I love that anime. It does. It's cool. One player plays the Titan. Everyone else plays the, the little hero guys. They try and climb That's... the Titan, smack him in the head, <laughs> slash the back of his neck. That's the only thing that worries me. I just don't know who in our group is going to be like, yeah, I want to play the Titan. We're going to have to fight about that. This is always the problem. I, I don't usually like one versus many. I just, yeah. That's my biggest problem with the Ninja Turtle game. It's like, seriously, who wants to play a Shredder? Nobody. Everyone wants to be a turtle. Just make. I don't know. Being a Titan is way cooler than being Shredder. Mm, that's arguable. Uh Shredder's pretty like badass. in real life, I'd rather be a Titan. Wouldn't you rather be a Titan, though? I'd rather control Bebop and Rocksteady. Come on, Titans. Get out of here. They're just tall people. Tall, naked people. Right. You need to walk around in your birthday suit. Got all them teeth. 
I think one thing that I need to check out, not necessarily for purchase, although I think this will be the hot game of Origins, is I need to see what all this Century Spice Road stuff is about from the infamous Plan B games. Yeah. I skipped right past that. Yeah, I'm not. I don't really. Yeah. When you describe a game to me as Splendor with cards, I don't. I'm okay. I need to just see. Yeah. I feel like it's getting some hype. It's getting. People are getting excited for it, and it will probably be. I mean, I don't know that people are doing mad dashes across Origins anyway, but it'll be something that the line is there for, probably. I think it's going to be 40 bucks, and uh, it's Emerson. We like Emerson. He's a cool guy. Yeah, that, that's cool. I have, I have no... I'll play it. I have no desire to own it, though. Like, none. It could be this year's cacao. Nah. I'm okay. <laughs> Nothing can replace cacao. Cacao is original, though. Like, and that's, I think, what was cool about it. It took tile laying. It gave it this really neat little, um, I don't even remember what it is anymore. I love cacao. It's good. <laughs> well, what does stand out for you, Dan? Um, I don't know. I have a small list here. Uh, Attack on Titan was high on it. Um, I would like to try that. Um, as far as things that stand out, um, I'd like to, I don't know, nothing really stands out. Like they're all, like I have a list here of things that I would look at this witches of the revolution seems like a cool theme. Um, it's a cooperative that, that's game. That's on my list too. Yeah. So it kind of fits into my cooperative thing where you're leading covens of witches, um, to see the nation achieve freedom, which is kind of cool. Um, so yeah, I don't know. There's a liberty track. Anytime you have a liberty track, you could just shout America the whole game, and I'm okay with that. America. I dig it. Um, if I demo a game, it'll be that one for sure. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to check it out. I, I don't know much about it um, other than the theme, but it looks like it's going to be 40 bucks, maybe in limited quantities, but definitely there for demo. So I'm okay with that. I really like the theme, so I would like to I check that out. I was happy to see that all the games that I am checking out aren't that expensive it's gonna be a wallet friendly origins i hope yeah no for sure except for lignum right lignum's not i'm not buying that uh, i've played lignum it's it's good i don't need it for 70 bucks though i'd I'd like to see if they've like upgraded the component quality and maybe the board art and stuff like that because it's it's a hideous game i mean it's just brown and everything looks the same and oh the graphic design was miserable and yeah so 70 bucks is a bit steep though is that capstone games it is yeah and they had the hit with whatchamacallit last year last year they had Arkwright. Arkwright. that's the one they're gonna have this a couple year. games they'll have that they'll have that three kingdoms redux which is that three player only i actually bought that last year at origins on a ding and dent sale and then i i sold it um yeah i was wondering about that because that game is supposedly good it, yeah i'm sure it's great but three player only is it's kind of a no-go like i uh, it's one of those things um i'd like to play it but i after a while i was like you know what some guy offered me like 90 bucks for it. I was like, yeah, cheers, dude. <laughs> it's all yours. Yeah. One of the other things that I wanted to check out was the Spirit Island because I feel like that's been following me around conventions or I've been following it. Not that I'm overly excited about it, but I want to know what uh, Greater Than Games is doing with this game. I saw the cover art and that looks really sharp. 
And the game itself sounds pretty cool. I, I listen to uh, a lot of the Kirkman podcasts and things like that. So I get the, the greater than games behind the scenes sometimes. And I know Spirit Island is supposed to be pretty darn cool. We'll see. Sentinels is supposed to be pretty cool too, right? Nah. Ouch. <laughs> I wasn't, that wasn't against Matt. I'm just saying in wow. general. In general, people love Sentinels, right? But I, I see zero <laughs> in that game. Well, I, I think Spirit Island is more of like a board game as opposed to a card game. I don't think it's co-op. So. Spirit Island looks pretty. Like, it's got I was some things the... that are different than... I'm not sure I would compare it to Sentinels. Yeah. But uh, yeah. It looks cool. It does look I know nice. something on both of your lists was Caverna Cave versus Cave, right? Yes. Yes. I'll let Dan talk about it since he likes Caverna a lot more than me. I don't know anything about it other than it's got Caverna in the name. So I'll look at it for sure. Buy it? I don't know. Two players not really my my my, my area, but um, I do like Caverna. So it's one of those things. Like I like all creatures big and small, but I'd still rather just play Agricola. So if it's the kind of the same thing here, then yeah. Oh, see, I like all creatures big and small better. Probably. Well, I think I it depends on what game, you're looking for. Right. That game just clicked with me when I got it, and I'm hoping that this one will do the same. I'm not. I like Agricola better than Caverna, but this looks fine. You're you're just like you start with a couple of dwarves and you're in a mountain and you're building up your your space. So you're building rooms and stuff in a cave. That's what you're doing. Yep. Where does it find the ability to be such a tiny game? I think I think it's just the cave part. Is what it so looks just like. the the house building tile laying kind of stuff. Yeah, I gotcha. Just from like cursory glance, because for conventions I never really go too in depth. Like I want to have a little bit of Christmas morning feeling at the convention, so I I did my research. Even though the list isn't very long, I still did it titles only. Ah, uh, okay. So just what looks cool. <laughs> what sounds cool. And frog riders didn't end up on there. Jeez. I clicked on it. <laughs> I saw the cover and then I clicked off. Did you guys look at Monster Trap? No. Monster Trap is what I think might be that dexterity kids game of the con that somebody picks up randomly and decides to play with adults. Mm. It's a game where you yeah, have... I think about it. You're trying to get monsters through this like maze into a center space that they fall into. And the way that you move the monsters is you have these, uh, imagine a square like box you play in the, the game box. So you've got an elevated board and you've got these sliders, uh, two sets, like imagine like chopsticks or something that go vertically and then two that go horizontally. And you're, you and a teammate one person controls vertical movement by like pushing the monster along and the other person controls horizontal movement by pushing them along and you have a minute to kind of get as many monsters as you can and you're trying to like push these monsters through a maze it looks pretty crazy it's that hard to sound pretty fun. hard to describe i don't know that it'll be as fun as monster tort where you're smacking sticks out of people's hands but <laughs> i do love monster tort i don't know it's hard. that's like a hard to predict thing like what's going to be the most entertaining kids game dexterity game at the con because i don't know it's it's either great or it's not and it's a big risk to buy one of those games i think exactly because if it doesn't take off right then, then you, you just, just have a kids game, lame kids game. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you have to get like a riddle to buy it because he's got kids you got to get someone who has that backup plan set true 
But, like, people's kids are getting older. Like, we're going to run out of friends with kids. Well, I don't know. Pinchback's got, like, a gaggle. Yeah. So we'll be fine for a while. He'll just constantly have a six-year-old available (laughs) so that we can buy kids games. Uh, In terms of buying stuff, I have a fairly short list, and one of them I don't even know that I want to buy. Two of them I don't even know that I want to buy. I'm definitely getting the Onitama expansion because that's like 13 bucks for just a couple new movement cards. And I think I'm going to pick up the Fox in the Forest, which is that Renegade Games, Foxtrot Games combination. Oh, we should play a game where we do this and try to pick what our, what each other's top picks are going to be. Because <laughs> I looked at both of those and I was like, Matt, Matt. Well, you know I was going to buy Onitama for sure. Fox in the Forest looks cool, though. Two-player trick-taking. I want to see how they do that. Mm. So one that... I'm up in the air on is Cosmos is going to have this lovely bundle for $100. You can get all of Legends of Andor, both the big boxes and the two small boxes. Just such a... It's, I've heard that's good. Saves me $50. I've, I've never bought it. Yeah. And I had... I traded for the FFG version, but that was that's on the stack for my giveaway because uh, FFG, the version is messed up like it's got misprints and it's not as pretty so this cosmo and it's now that cosmos has it the things don't match up so my ffg won't match with the expansions so i'm like okay i could buy it all at once and that's a game that i would probably get played over here i could always play it by myself so i'm tempted by that bundle i can see that i need to like you know what i really need to do is start advertising my list of games that i'm trying to sell again (laughs) I need to get rid of more games before I buy games at Origins. Well, and you're close to Origins, right? So you could potentially sell there. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping that like maybe some people will look at that list and be like, oh, okay. Where can they find that list, Tiff? Um, just tweet at me and I'll send it to you. How about that? Deal. And I'm I'm willing to take some some off of my list of prices at this point because I want to get rid of this giant box of games. Cool. Some deals to be had, because Tiff needs space. Oh, badly. All right, what else stands out? Anybody else got anything on their list? Or are we just planning on playing games? Uh, I want to check out Pinball Showdown. That Mm. was on Kickstarter. I really like Pinball. Yeah, we covered that. It's hard for me to imagine it in in board game form, and I even watched the, like, how you play this game video, and I'm still not sure about it. I just need to, I think I just need to see it in person it hits kind of like my playtime sweet spot it's 30 to 45 minutes so and it's pinball and there aren't there aren't games with that theme so i'm interested in it and i'll probably go check that out as one of my first ones if you're one of the first 100 you get a vintage pinball coin yeah that's exciting (laughs) (laughs) i don't know I just, oh, God, I'm getting, like, too old to care about all the little promo things. (laughs) I tried, Tiff. I tried to sell it for you. I don't know. I just realized that those end up in the box, and then someone's like, what's this? And I'm like, oh, it's a promo. Yeah, I know. That's, like, ten, like, nine times out of ten what ends up happening with that. So, one that I know that Spoonman had previously expressed interest in was Train Heist, because you can put your meeples in the horses. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, that was a Kickstarter like two years ago. Yeah, it's coming out through Cryptozoic at Origins, and you work together to like ride up to the train, get on the train, steal the stuff, get out, and you can put your meeples on the little horse. It looked kind of cool. That's one of the ones that I want to like look at. I don't even know that I demo it, but I just want to see kind of what it looks like in person and, and maybe talk about it. 
Uh, yeah, I, I don't know much about. I forget. I remember like what the board looks like. Like that's all I can remember about it. It's a cool theme though. Like running up to the train and stealing stuff. What else you got on your list, Dan? Spoon Man, Spoon Dan. I want to look at. I'm not probably not gonna buy, but Masters of Orion, the board game, which isn't really yes. a board game. It's like a card game, which kind list. of bothers me. Because that game, like, that theme is ripe for a, a 4X. Like, why is this a card game? Like, I don't I don't get that. Like, you just blew this amazing uh, IP on a card game. But, say la vie. Um, I'd like to try it. It's cheap um, if it does succeed in what it's supposed to do. But, um, yeah, Masters of Orion obviously holds a special place in my heart. I love that game, um, at least the first one. And maybe the third one, not so much the second one. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Like, I, it just it really bothers me that they call it Masters of Ryan the board game. And it's a card game. Might I just call it Masters of Ryan the card game? Good question. I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> just saying. I just that little things like that trigger my OCD. Um. Yeah, I had that Fox in the Fall. I don't. Yeah, just to see what two player trick taking looks like. Um. Super Rhino here is supposed to be there, or whatever it's called. The the big Rhino uh, the hero, battle. the where you can play with multiple like levels Heroes. of building. Yeah, so that sounds cool. Um, I do have a couple of, and I can't. That's where I was trying to pull them up, and I can't get to them really quickly. I do have a couple of Japanime games. Um, obviously, um, one of them being Alice Matic. Yeah, so, okay, so Alice Matic is a, is a game from Japanime Games, as I mentioned, three to five players, which usually for me is kind of, eh. I like, while I don't play a lot of two-player, I like when my games can at least accommodate it, because there, you know, there are those instances where I'd like to just try it, maybe with less people than the, the max accommodation, so to speak. Um, but this the theme on this one kind of hooked me. I, I don't really know how much the, the game plays other than cards. But uh, the Queen of Hearts has summoned Alice to rebuild Wonderland, which has been devastated by an invasion of nothing, which is devouring the dreams of all in the land. But the Queen has mistakenly summoned whole armies of Alices. Dozens of Alices abound. And now they're taking sides and forming teams to see who can put the land back together best. So, I mean, I love Alice in Wonderland. That's like my jam. I love that book uh, or that series of books. Um, so... It sounds it's like a card hand management area control kind of game. Um, I'm sure the art is fantastic. Um, I'm hoping it's of, of the level of like Parade, which is probably my favorite Alice in Wonderland art I've seen in like board game form or card game form. Uh, it's just stupendous. Um, so yeah, we'll see. This is this is one high on my list <laughs> to check out. Tiff, have you seen Tower of Madness? Uh, I looked at it. Is that Smirk and Dagger? I usually just avoid those guys. I do too. The only reason I say it is because it's got this three-dimensional foot-tall clock tower that has tentacles sticking out of it. You fill it with marbles. And if you fail this dice-rolling test thing, you have to pull a tentacle out and marbles fall out and influence your character. Gimmicky, but a fun gimmick. I don't know. I just want to see it. I do want to see it. I that was not on my list at all, but I did look at it when I did titles only. I was like, oh, okay, that's enough of that. Now I didn't mean to interrupt your uh, conversation with Dan about Japanese 
nurses and schoolgirls and things like that. What do you have your own <laughs> Japanime I games? I love Japanime games. Uh, they make some people uncomfortable. I think that may be part of why I like them so much. <laughs> There's one called the Terrifying Girl Disorder. Yes. <laughs> And it's three to four players, which normally I couldn't get down with, but it's a 30-minute playing time, and it's a set collection game, and there are different types of girls that you are getting, and they score differently at the end, I think. Each one has its own. It's a very, like, text on cards, kind of. I didn't look into it very deeply, but just the title alone, I'm like... That's 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 a game for titles only search right there. Yeah. So the it title caught, it caught my eye. It's actually they say it's an allusion to a novel set in a distant future in which girls around the world start manifesting supernatural powers and they're more or less treated as threats to humanity. So yeah. that's for that. Yeah, you're just you're trying to collect different sets of these girls and then you become them. It says brain burning set collection card game. That that sold it, me. So Plus, it's probably got really yes. cool art. So, I'll be checking that one out. We'll, we we can go to Japanime together. Oh yeah, get, get our Japan on. I'm a big fan. You can. The one kind of big box game that I was interested in picking up, if money allows, is uh, 1754 Conquest: The French and Indian War. I've always been interested in Academy games, and we talked about them earlier on the show. I, I like Academy games. I think they do really cool things, and I've always looked at uh freedom underground railroad and mari nostrum and things like that um and this line in particular i like the historical area control even though it's qb that's okay like these games look really cool and i I like this particular theme or war uh so that's kind of on my list but i know it's going to be it's going to be pricey but they might have some cool stuff to add on you know there's always it's always the battle with academy games i walk around and look at all the cool stuff they have and decide if my wallet can handle it or not so that's on my mind i want to go see it i think your wallet will be able to handle this origins it doesn't i don't know am i wrong don't we always find weird stuff to buy though it's true i uh sometimes i regret that weird stuff though i always just walk away with games that were published like four years ago that are now on sale and i'm like cool like yeah (laughs) like that's what my origins are i mean the infamous uh sansuchi was found oh. at Origins for $20 and probably the greatest purchase I've ever made at Origins. I never find good deals. I don't know where to go. Just wander. You just, yeah. There's a lot of want. I think I wander more. I mean, I guess at Gen Con, it's just so big and I am wandering just as much. But like I get into the, the depths of each booth when I'm at Origins. <laughs> a lot of back so alley stuff. You- yeah, that's how you find those deals. You just you have to dig in more. They just keep putting booths everywhere. Like none of them are just like that whole second section that they put booths in now and can never find everything. Oh, it's not that hard. Well no, it's not Gen Con hard, but there's stuff everywhere. Oh. You gotta walk past the Pikachu all the time. It's like <laughs> I think you'll be alright. Well, is there anything else before I move forward? I think the only is there other game else that stands out I had was Hunt for the Ring. Which is okay, yeah. A Lord of the Rings hidden movement game. So I like Lord of the Rings. I sometimes like hidden movement. So I, I'd like to check that one out. Um, it's from Ares, who did like War of the Ring and all those. So they usually have a pretty good handle on the uh, the thematic immersion and the Tolkieny kind of tropes and everything like that. So 
it'd be cool to see how they kind of, I think this kind of is based on like Frodo's journey. So it'd be interesting to see how they uh, incorporate the hidden movement mechanics in it. I want to be a ring wraith. Sounds great. Uh, I looked at that one. Thanks, Tiff. But but I didn't keep it on my list. <laughs> That's fine. I just want to check it out. I, I'm probably not going to buy it. I'm probably not going to buy maybe eight of the nine on this list, to be honest with you. So, What's that one purchase? I, owe it. I don't know. I'm just saying I don't. I probably won't buy that many. I like I said, I always like to find like the the gems at like the cool stuff booth or the other ones where it's like, oh, I've wanted that game for a long time. Like my my friends find at Gen Con last year, like where I hurdled a dude to grab that game <laughs> that I'd been searching for for many many moons. Um, that that's the rush. Like I some of these new games, I just don't have the same uh, anticipation for the newer stuff. Like I just broke my buying freeze, like, and that was like because I really wanted this game and I played it before. But like, other than that, I go to the game store and I'm like, nah, I don't really need anything here. It's such a good feeling. I haven't been to the game store in ages at this point. Yeah, I mean, I go and I browse, but I have no desire to buy anything usually. It's so cool. It's really freeing <laughs> to not feel like oh, I have to get this. It is because I, I just know a lot of it's just going to be mediocre and then it's going to be a pain in the butt to get rid of it again. And just, yeah. Probably not the best for the listeners for us to be like this, but oh, so good for the wallet. It is. I mean, I'll tell you what I think about games. I'll play games. I'm not against it. I'm just saying from a buying, from an economic standpoint, I don't need to buy more games. And it's it's a very liberating feeling. Agreed. I might buy Adventureland at, at oh, Origins. Oh, so good. I've been, I need that expansion. That's been on my list, and they have the expansion, so that's cool. That game's good. I like that game. You can, you can get it as like a bundle. I like that one. I like it a lot. Is there anything else? Is that it for us? It doesn't seem like enough. Hmm. No, there's only so much of Origins. Yeah, it's just Origins. Well, I'm saying, like, this is like the the demo con, as we've called it before. It's like, let's demo everything that we're going to release at Gen Con and maybe have a few flown in for purchase kind of thing. It's just a hype builder. There seems to be a fair number of things available compared to last year. Last year seemed to be very Kickstarter heavy. And at least... Yeah, I think there's more this year. This list, and it might be the way that Eric Martin's uh doing the list but it seems shorter and it seems like it is mostly things that are available or potentially available if they can fly them in in time i mean but it's a good strategy for the publishers i think is to get the hype generated for like your bigger gen cons and your essence and stuff like that i just wish they had more like people will buy games at origins so i just wish more publishers would target it because for me, it's like it's just such a less hectic experience too. I love just wandering right. around, and I'm like, "Cool, I'll buy that." As opposed to Gen Con, where you have to like stand in a line with fifty thousand people, run to something, then you don't get it, then you're sad. Then like Origins is not that at all. I love that about Origins. Well, if they interjected more like hot titles and bigger publishers, would that wouldn't that just kind of create the problems? Well, I, I don't think so just because of the, the sheer size of Origins is like one-fifth of Gen Con. You know what I mean? So you'd still have your lines. You did last year. Like last year, Guilds of London had a line for it. Uh, Emotep had a line for it. Suckers. Um, I was in the line. I, no, you, you didn't. Know, I bought okay. it for you. I was in the line for Imhotep. Oh, I bought Matt's. Did I buy Matt? Yep. I, I bought Happy someone's. I think that game is lovely. <laughs> yeah. 
It is. But like Guilds of London, do you hear anyone talk about Guilds of London anymore? Nope. So there's, there's some stuff that people line up for, but overall I just like not having to line up for things. That's just my thing. I don't like lines. I don't mind lines. I just don't like the like dash component of the Gen Con, like the you're going to get there and it's going to be gone situation that happens. That doesn't usually happen in Origins, even if there is a line. I'm, I'm firmly off of that train. I like loved last year when we went to Gen Con. This is getting boring. We probably shouldn't be talking about this, I guess. But like last year when we went to Gen Con, like when we just, wa- we when we just walked in, I was like, meh, I'll buy this. And then I walked and then played them and I was like, nope, don't need these. Sold them and... I had no I think it's okay to talk about this because like every other <laughs> every other podcast is like trying to convince you to buy. Maybe maybe we can be the one that's like, you know what? You probably don't need to buy all the games. It's going to be okay. You can enjoy yourself. You can just wander around. It's fine. Well, and Origins has the benefit of being able to play games very easily and very readily. Well, that's true. It does until they kick you out. For them and- they do kick you out really early. It's dumb. It really hinders the experience for me. That's like my biggest gripe. I hate I mean, 1 a.m. is a fair time. No, it's like midnight now. It's ridiculous. But that you can't start anything. At 1 you can't start anything after 10. You know what I mean? If you're going to play something heavy and chunky or something like that. Because you're not going to finish it. And it used to not be like that. I think that's why it bothers it bothers me. They they used to have the cabs library, the boardroom in a separate space, so they could lock that down. I think this is why. I'm just guessing. I could be wrong, but they used to have that in a separate space so they could lock it all down. And now uh, they don't. It's all in that big hall, so they kick people out, so they don't have to pay someone to watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I get why they do it. It's just the biggest damper for me. Like, I love Gen Con now. I can just, I have no, like, worries about time or anything. Um, and it just, you just play until you're tired and then you go home kind of thing. Not this, oh, it's 9.30. We need to do this. We need to get this set up. We need to do this. Uh, and then we can kick us out at 12.30 and then we can't really find anywhere to go play. But, uh, yeah. There is a little bit more stress along those lines. Or, like, I I can't tell you how many memories I have of just quickly finishing a game as fast as humanly possible because they're kicking us out. That's no fun. Yeah. But other than that, Origins is great. It's still my favorite. Like, despite all of our complaints... All right, so Origins should be a good time. I'm excited to go. I'm excited to see everyone. Lots of things to do. Always you can reach out to us to try to set some games up. As Tiff said, it's better to go in with a plan. So if you have something that you want to get played or you want to meet up and do something or wander the hall casually together, uh, the best places to do that are on Facebook.com slash League of Nonsensical Gamers. You can always shoot us an email, podcast.nonsensicalgamers.com. Let us know over on BGG Guild number 2077 what your plan for Origins is and if we can meet up and hang out. Uh, If you're not going or you're wondering where we are during Origins, you can always check out Instagram. Uh, That's probably where I'll be posting lots of fun pictures, maybe even doing some anchor radio, like little mini audio snippets. So check that out too. If you enjoy the content that we produce here and are excited to hear more about what we've been playing and things like that, you can send us a review on iTunes, give us some stars based on how you like the show. Leave us a little comment with some constructive feedback or some praise. We appreciate that. All right, and thank you to our sponsor, Tasty Minstrel Games. They are going to be at Origins 2017. You can check them out. They're going to have a bunch of imported games like Lemuria and Jiraku. They'll also have Okie Doki and 
the Orleans expansion, Trade and Intrigue. I bet they'll probably have some Yokohama as well if you want to get your hands on that. So lots of things to check out from them. And again, you can always check them out on playtmg.com. So thank you. If you want to chat with us, if you want to set up some plans, if you want to find us, Twitter is the best place to do that. Tiff, if they want to chat with you, what do they need to type into their Twitter message? I am at ineptgamer. You can find me at cinnamonbuns, spelled phonetically. Thank you all for joining us for episode 68. We will see you next time with some more podcasts of Nonsensical Gamers. Everyone, say goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.